Hello, channel pros. Welcome back to the Channel Journeys podcast. I am Rob Spee, your cycling, sailing, and partner ecosystem fanatic and your host of Channel Journeys. Welcome to the last month of 2023. I love December. It hasn't been a super cold December this year, so I've been getting out in some really nice bike rides on the weekends. This is Advent, the time of anticipation and preparation for many of us, leading up to the celebration of Christmas and the wonderful birth of Jesus. This is a busy time when we close out the year and make plans for the new year. Lots of pressure, but I enjoy all the strategic planning, preparing for all the partner and customer events, and making some improvements to our partner program. A lot of what we do is based on partner feedback. One of the last things you want to hear from a partner is, why do you make it so hard to work with you? That's not evidence of a great partner experience, but what can you do about it? Today's guest knows all about that challenge. Today, you're going to hear from Crystal Ferreira. She is the global head of B2B channels and alliances at Logitech, a global computer products company with over $4 billion in revenues. Crystal was on the receiving end of that scary news from partners. You're going to hear how she succeeded in removing friction and built a world-class partner program, becoming a better vendor to Logi's partners and customers. Before we dive into my conversation with Crystal, I want to give a shout out to Impartner, the sponsor of Channel Journeys. Building a partner ecosystem requires a powerful partner management solution, and with a global user base of over 4 million partners, Impartner is recognized as the global leading provider of partner management technologies, and their platform is built around best practices and sophisticated automation, enabling partner teams like yours to quickly move from program operations to maximum time to value. Impartner also hosts an annual event called ImpartnerCon. I attended this year's event in Salt Lake City, and I learned a ton from it. Next year for ImpartnerCon 2024, the theme is Multiply. This is a must-attend B2B conference for partner and channel leaders. It's taking place from February 5th to the 7th at the JW Marriott Marquis in sunny Miami. You'll gain VIP access to today's partner leaders, tomorrow's business partnerships, and equip yourself with the knowledge and connections you need to multiply success. I'm going to be there on stage with my CRO, along with some other amazing speakers. I can't wait, and I hope to see you there too. All right, are you ready to hear how you can become a better vendor to your partners? Let's go. Welcome to Channel Journeys, the podcast for channel professionals that will enable and inspire you to create your best channel journey ever. Meet and learn from channel experts who share authentic stories of their channel victories, defeats, and lessons learned along the way. Here's your host, Rob Speed, a channel chief on a never-ending quest for channel knowledge and adventure. Hey, Crystal, good morning out in California. How are you doing? Great, Rob. Good to see you. Yeah, you too. Great to have you on the show. We've been chatting about getting you on for a while, so it finally happened. Yes. Yeah. I'm glad that we could finally connect. Yeah. Squeezed in before you head out on another international adventure. Yep. Looking forward to the excitement of travel, 15-hour flight. You know, not sure that's fun, but the end result is great. The end result is great. But yeah, the, those long flights are not a lot of fun. So I, I don't envy you on that front. I've, I've had my share of those too, and I'm sure I'll have more to come. So you are the global channel chief for Logitech. Let's start there. Logitech, massive company, I think $4.5 in sales plus, right? And everybody knows Logitech. I'm looking at a Logitech video webcam here that I just got, brand new one, which I love. It's great video, great audio. I got my Logitech mouse, my Logitech keyboard. It's everywhere, right? So how long have you been with Logitech? 
So I've been with Logitech almost three years now, and it's an interesting journey for me. I actually was hired by the consumer side of the business to help them learn about B2B and what the sales motion was, how to really build out our B2B channel and an engagement with enterprise customers. So we've gone through a big transition. We were two organizations. Now we've consolidated one organization, global organization for B2B which also allowed us to bring together two siloed channel strategies. So last year, we kicked off a, a really one Logi is what we call it. Sometimes you hear us call ourselves Logi, sometimes Logitech. What really brought the teams together and our personal workspace solution, which is what you were talking about, everything at the desk, and then our team room solution, which our enterprise customers utilize in in their collaboration facilities, their conference rooms and, and huddle rooms. So now we can support our enterprise customers, no matter where they are in their collaboration needs. Interesting. So you had a consumer side of the business and then the enterprise side of the business that you were ramping up, two different channels, and those have been merged. And do you run it all now? We haven't merged the channels on the consumer and the B2B, but what we con- what we consolidated was two different channel infrastructures and programs on the B2B, the personal workspace, those partners that focus on the desktop, uh, and then those partners that are more AV focused, brought them all together, expanding their ability to sell solutions across both sides. Yeah. Okay. So give us an idea of kind of your team, the the scope of your team, and then also the scope of your partner network. Yeah, so my team is global, obviously. We have field channel account managers, and then centrally, we separate our organization central and field, central predominantly strategy. So the team that is building out our uh, new program, partner program, we just kicked off last week. So super excited to, to launch that. And then really helping the regions to define what is the preferred landscape and the ecosystem. And then we also do partner with the consumer side as we're looking to really have an omni-channel presence, making sure that our customers can buy no matter where they want to buy, right? It really doesn't matter. Yeah. Did you say you kicked off a new partner program or project to start a new program? A new partner program. We were really siloed as we were two different organizations. We were siloed also in our regions and program. Some of our regions didn't even have a partner program for B2B, really just being transactional through the distributors. So we spent a lot of time with the different regions, understanding what their needs were, and then stitched together a global framework and kicked it off. We we started out the the journey. It's it's a phased approach. We won't blow it out to all of the regions all at once. Um, But we kicked it off in emerging markets and then last week in Europe and North America. And then our fiscal year ends in March of next year. So we'll probably before the end of the year, we'll uh, wrap it all up in Asia and in China. Okay. And did you give it a catchy name? Partner Connect. Partner Connect. All right. Well, it is all around. It's all about connections these days. That's for sure. And how about your partner landscape? What's that look like now? So we are 100% channel, even in the consumer side, which is great. We do utilize distributors. They're a major part of our ecosystem. And then we're predominantly focusing on bars and SIs in the enterprise, but we have a lot of transactional business on the consumer side and the personal workspace 
we, of course, leverage Amazon and retail on that side as well. Yeah, interesting. Have you found any of these, what we used to call shadow channels? There used to be a lot of talk about shadow channels and kind of unusual partner types that might be selling your products. Yes, we do have a lot of those and we're trying to uncover them. You know, we've found that the the partner community are really, you know, micro segmenting themselves, right? And they're focusing on niche markets. We are what I would call a, an ecosystem vendor. We don't stand alone. We attach to other vendors. And so oftentimes, we find our, ourselves in, in places that are unique, um, reselling or having a desire to resell. We do a lot of that on the consumer side. On TikTok, even, um, we, we resell our products. Uh, on the enterprise and the B2B side, we try and stay true to the traditional B2B ecosystem because we're trying to expand our solutions and the value add that those partners can provide to the customers. Yeah, interesting. So the topic I wanted to dive into with you today, Crystal, is something that I've been thinking a lot about and we're working on. And it's really, I think it's around customer experience and partner experience. And you coined it as how to be a better vendor for your partners and customers. So let's dive into that. And what do you mean by that? And why is that so important to you? Well, you know, when I started in this role at Logitech, the, the thing that I heard the most was Logitech is not easy to do business with. You have great products and a great brand, but you make it so hard for us to work with you. And so as we were starting to look at our partner program, the first thing that I wanted to try and solve was what are the pain points that those partners have and how do we take the friction out of working with us? And so that's really what I'm talking about. How do we take the friction out? How do we make it easy for them so that they can focus on their customer and not on the transactional piece? How did you identify those top pain points, the friction points that you needed to address? Lots of conversations, lots of uh, video meetings with our customers, with our partners, and with our sellers. We still have them today. We have two Tiger teams that are focused specifically on process, and then one that is focused on, um, of course, the incentive stack and enablement. But we are definitely going through a digital transformation. We, like many other companies that you mentioned, went, we grew very fast through the pandemic and we put a lot of um, maybe not the right tools in place. And now we have to go back and re-engineer those and really putting the partner in the center of all of those decisions. Mm -hmm. Do you have a partner advisory board? Not today, but that is part of the new program. That was part of the problem. We didn't have that. We're getting a lot of feedback, but the feedback was staying in the field and not getting into the central organization who has the ability to work with IT and the other uh, cross-functional organizations to really drive change. So as part of the new program, we will kick off um, next fiscal year our advisory council, and we'll have one in each region and then a, a real tiger team advisory that will go across the globe. We launched ours uh, last year. And it's, it's really been great. We do one live event and one virtual, and we did our virtual just a few days ago. And we dove into some topics around enablement and certifications and just did breakout meetings and got a lot of great, great feedback that it, it really is powerful and helpful when you bring in those, those strategic partners to, to hear from them what they need. It really is. I mean, I think it's just so important that we're listening to the partner 
what are the pains that they have and the challenges in being able to support their customers and how we can help them. And enablement is a big one uh, that I hear over and over where partners are saying, hey, how do you help me to elevate my team's capabilities? How, when you talk about being a better vendor to the partner, it's not just about giving them the products. It's about helping them evolve and transform their business and their teams so that they can be a better influencer or better thought leader to those customers, help them with better outcomes. Yeah, for sure. Did you use partner surveys to, to gather that data? Yes, of course. We do a partner survey every year and the questions change a little bit, but it's great to have that consistency and to see whether or not you're improving. Now, this last one, we did one pre-preparation in the program, and now we just did one right before the launch to set the baseline so that we truly see, are we truly impacting the things that the partners are concerned about? And if not, then that gives us you know, an opportunity to make the necessary changes. Do you think one a year is frequent enough, or are you considering going maybe quarterly or having more frequent surveys? We've talked about that. I think within the regions, we may do model surveys. But from a global lens and really looking at is the program working, the, the framework working, we'll just stick to the one. What we did is we have our annual, which we're about to roll out, which is the big partner program survey. And now we're doing quarterly, which is more of a partner satisfaction score. I love that. Yeah, just to kind of keep our finger on the pulse. And if we that way we know if things are going south in a region, we can jump on it more quickly. I love that. That's a great idea. I'm going to take that one down. Yeah, it's a very short, you know, two-minute survey that they can fill out. Two minutes. Yeah. Awesome. That really helps. All right. So what were some other things that popped out of big friction points that partners wanted you to address? Pricing is always a, a big issue. And as, as I mentioned before, having a consumer side of the business and a, a B2B side of the business, there's oftentimes products that cross over. Software developers love our gaming headsets and gaming products. And so we have to try and really normalize the pricing across the different uh, the channels so that there's less conflict. But channel conflict is, is definitely one. That has to be challenging when you have a consumer business. Yes, yes, it is. We're, we're looking at ways that we can do that and, you know, segmenting the products, making pro some products specific to some channels, adding some additional value offers to our partners so that they can provide differentiation and really just giving them an opportunity to improve their profitability in other ways beyond the product. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that's, that's a challenge. All right. So pricing's one. What else jumped out? The third biggest one for us is global. Because as we talk to enterprise customers, many of them are multi-regional. And within the channel today, even in distribution that claims sometimes to be global, they aren't really global. And so to be able to support enterprise customers that have staggered deployment in hundreds of countries, being able to support them in local language, not just from a sales perspective, but also in a post-sales perspective, they struggle with that and they need our, our help to make that easier. And that is, is one of my, my priorities. Have you figured it out yet? Oh, gosh, no. <laughs> no, but I do have a lot of colleagues in the industry that also would like to solve this problem. I'm sure you're one of them. And so I think it's going to become maybe a cocktail hour uh, topic of discussion for us. <laughs> yeah, that is a tough one to, to solve for. And it's becoming, it's such a global business now. Absolutely. Yeah, more and more. That is a challenge. So 
with those pricing, enablement, global purchasing, how much of that were you able to design into your new partner program? Well, you know, it's the partner program is a framework. So instead of looking at, we're going to launch this, this program and it's done, we were not able to, to achieve that. We're a very lean team and we wanted to build in the opportunity to evolve. So the framework is built and those things are built into the framework. To get to the end result will take time and it'll take us a journey for sure. And as we test and learn, we will build those things in and improve upon them. So they won't all be there at the beginning, but components of them will be. We build out enablement around specializations so that the partners can pick and choose what they want to train on and they don't have to go through all of our trainings. Is that, Crystal, is that on specializations, is it industry specialization or more use case specialization? So great question. We debated that a lot. And because of the disparate technologies that we have at the desk and in the room, we chose our first specialization to be very specific around our uh, video collaboration because it's more technical and it is a kind of a niche channel that is is selling the the whole room system and solution. And so it is not an industry. It is really around our technology, but we've, we've stretched it out to also be somewhat ecosystem because we've incorporated our alliances into that specialization. So it's focused around their priorities in their investment, the enablement that they're doing on certifications, and then really a focus on that solution and selling. So a percentage of their business being in video collaboration. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So does this all translate? You're trying to improve the partner experience. This has a direct translation to the customer experience. That's the hope for sure. We do have some initiatives specifically to the customer as well. We're really getting customer surveys on how our partners are doing as well as, as ourselves. So that's one that we're trying to to work together with the channel to say, let us help you to understand what your customers are saying. And we do believe that by making it easier for the customer or for our partner, it will in turn make it easier for the customers to get quotes, to get support, to fill out RFPs and, and those types of things. So I do believe it will translate, but time will tell. Yeah. You mentioned technology partners. Do you have a lot of technology alliance integration type partners? We do. Specifically on the video collaboration, the big ones that everyone knows, right? Microsoft, Zoom, and Google. And then in the personal workspace, we we also have uh, technology alliances. Apple is a big partner of ours, specifically in education. We integrate with them on our keyboards and mice. So like I mentioned earlier, we really rely on those alliances to make sure that we can provide a truly sound technology and innovate for the customer around what their setups are. Um, so they're a big part of our business. Does that fall under your purview as well, the alliance side? Yes. Yes, it does. Are you are you looking for ways to try to leverage that more within your channels, you know, and get more overlap? Yeah. I think the buzzword that we all say is ecosystem, right? How do we expand our ecosystem? So yes, that is a component of the partner program. It will come out in the second phase of the program, but really allowing our partners to also profit off of referral for our attached to ecosystem. So it is definitely something that I think everybody's trying to solve for today, right? We are, yeah. 
Focusing global. Okay. <laughs> Might as well solve world hunger. Yes. Yes. Well, it's fun. It's a lot of new challenges on how to make this work, how to make incentives work, how to get the partners working together. But I'm, I'm seeing a lot of pull from the customers. They want us to bring this combined solution. They want to see this, us working together in the ecosystem. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Very good. Any other key things that you were solving for in, in the partner connect or other ways? And well, maybe another question is, has this driven any new roles that you've had to kind of create? Not necessarily new roles, but change in roles and responsibilities. Okay. Definitely has done that as as we're evolving and having a program, I tell my team that you don't have a program unless you have governance. And so we have changed some of our program roles to really be defined as governance of the program. Some of our alliance roles are changing to be more commercial and working specifically with the channel. The only way I believe that you can be successful with your alliance is if that is kind of a three-legged stool. So you have your alliance, you have your channel, and then you have direct engagement if, if necessary, you know, especially in the enterprise. And so they're having to really work across the channel and their alliance sellers and not just be focused on the alliance sellers. So we're changing that dynamic as well. So the roles are definitely changing. The role of the CAM, I think, is also changing or PAM, whichever one you call it, partner account manager. Part of our program is incorporating business planning which we've never done before with our channel partners. And excitingly, they are super excited to do it. So our teams were a little bit hesitant saying our partners are not going to want to do this. It's a burden. But the feedback is that they're super excited to sit down at the table with us and to plan together. But that's requiring us to train our, our channel managers how to purposely do those business plans as well. So inward enablement as well as external is, is important. Crystal, we are doing the exact same thing expecting our CAMs to start doing business planning. Many of them have never done it before. So it is a lot of training on business acumen and business models and financial models. And yeah, it's, it's not easy, is it, to, to really help them become good at this? Yes, it's, it's definitely not easy. And especially making a transition, if you take it all back to what I said before on the consumer and the B2B, a lot of our CAMs have evolved into this B2B uh, partner role. And consumer is much more transactional and less enablement and less consultative. So they're really, I mean, the upskilling is is significant, uh, but they're up for the challenge. And I think it's important that we just, you know, let them see the value that they're bringing to their partner by being consultative. And the partners are really excited about it. So I think that's a, a major positive. I think the partners are more excited about it than the cams. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> <laughs> I think so too. Have you found any good training yet? I would love to find some good business planning training for CAMs to put them through. No, actually. So we use Impartner as our portal of, of choice, and we have a great consultant that we're working with to help us to expand upon the, the business planning module within Impartner. That team has been helping to customize the training for us. But I would also love to to find some just, you know, the basic, not even in the portal, but basic business planning uh, training. We have actually are utilizing Coursera. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. Yes. The platform. Yeah. Yeah. There's an amazing amount of training on that platform. I haven't found one specific to business planning, but that's probably the first place I'll look. Yeah, that's a good idea. Maybe even LinkedIn. LinkedIn Learning might have something. Yeah, we've got to find that. If I find it, I'll share it with you, Crystal. Yes. 
less cliche. <laughs> that's awesome. Fantastic. Well, that, that's a lot of stuff that you're working on. And, and I like your approach of just being iterative. You can't roll it all out at once. It's, it's continuous and incremental improvement yes. that you've got to keep making. In your framework, is it a global framework or have you had to make some regional differences? It's a global framework, but it allows for flexibility for the regions and it's necessary. You know, there's just different nuances in Latin America, for example, where backend rebates are a little bit more challenging than in others. So we definitely are sticking to the framework, but we're working with them to meet some of the, the regional requirements. Yeah, very good. Very good. Well, let's jump over to your channel journey, Crystal. It's something I always love learning about how you landed here in your global channel chief role. What's your journey been like? Wow. Well, I started in the channel, but accidentally. My degree is actually in education. So I went to school to be a teacher. And then, and I grew up on the East Coast. I always wanted to be a California girl and moved to California and quickly realized that I could not afford my lifestyle on a teaching salary. And so I went on a journey to look for something that would allow me to leverage my education skills in technology. And I landed into this inside sales job. I'm going to show my age now because that inside sales job was for a technology company working with resellers to teach them the difference between analog and digital telephony. And so that was the beginning of my channel journey was really educating the partners on how they could help their customers to transition to digital. And I just love the relationships. I built so many relationships. They loved the support that I gave and I could not leave the channel from, from that day forward. And I just moved moved on to manage the channel and being a cam and then managing program. I did take a little bit of time off out of corporate while I got married and, and had a family. My husband has a software development company and I've done some fun things outside of the channel that is helping me to understand the digital side and how important having a digital platform is for our partners. So we've done some fun things. I've owned a dating site, an online dating site, owned a debating site online. And we have a, a SaaS, a very small SaaS company today that, that I advise for. So that just kind of, you know, makes life exciting, gives, gives me stories to tell. Yeah. Tell us a good dating site story. Oh gosh. There's many of those. The site was back when dating, online dating was just starting. Match.com had just come out and we wanted a niche, right? There was starting to see a, a bubbling of niche sites and we were just getting married. And so our, our niche was a dating site for your friends to meet new people. It was very, very small, but it sold very quickly. Oh, really? Nice. It was great, uh, a way to kick off uh, a new family. That's cool. Really fun. So now that you're a California girl, what sort of California things do you like to do? Well, I love the sun. The beach is my happy place. Don't live near the beach, but close. The rest of my family loves the snow. So fortunately, Tahoe's not far, but you just can't beat the weather in California. No, and you get both. You get beach and snow. Exactly. Yeah. Did you ever take up surfing? No, but my kids have. And I have three children. My middle child actually just built his own surfboard with his grandfather. His grandfather was one of the original wood surfboard designers in Hawaii. And so he helped my son build his own surfboard. I don't know if we're actually going to let him use it because it's wood and it's very heavy. And of course, there's been lots of new technology around surfboards. So I'm a little bit worried about that, but it is a beautiful board for him to put on his wall. 
You probably don't want to go out wearing a helmet. <laughs> no, I don't think he will. <laughs> that would not look too cool. <laughs> That's really awesome. Well, Crystal, this has really been a fun conversation. Any last thoughts for the audience on becoming a better vendor? I think the one thought that I have is listen, listen, and listen, right? That's the only way I think that we can be a better vendor for our partners. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, fantastic. Thank you so much, Crystal. And best of luck. I hope you have a little bit of fun on your international journey coming up. Thank you, Rob. I'm sure I will. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening to Channel Journeys. For show notes and other Channel Journey podcasts, visit channeljourneys.com. If you liked today's show, please forward it to your channel friends and be sure to tune in for Rob's next channel adventure. There you go, guys. Great advice from Crystal on removing friction and driving a better partner experience. I really love Crystal's last bit of advice. So simple. Listen, listen, listen. I know Crystal is out there listening to partners. She has been traveling all over the globe. She hopped over to Japan right after this interview, and today she's in Europe. For all of today's show notes and links, just go to channeljourneys.com slash cj128. You can subscribe to Channel Journeys while you're there so you don't miss an episode. Be sure to check out our sponsor, Impartner, at impartner.com, and also take a look at the agenda for ImpartnerCon24. They They have got a great lineup. I'm working on another Christmas special podcast for our next episode. Stay tuned. Until then, have an awesome channel journey.